Yeah, I'm not really sure how this podcast thing works, so bear with me. Reclaimed Audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Hey everybody, I'm Bob Claggett. I'm your host for Reclaim Audio, here with Phil and Tim. How are you guys doing today? Great, how are you, man? Oh, good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing doing well. Glad to be back uh, doing another week of the show with you guys. Yeah, it's do super I, do exciting. I, do, hey, do I even bother saying anything? <laughs> Who's that? Wait, Who's I'm, that I'm, I'm getting a little static, guys. Do you hear that? Yeah. Okay, you know what? I was thinking about this while, while you guys were having fun. There is a common denominator here that we should think about. Bob, Jimmy, David, Phil, and Tim. Okay? I'm just saying, a year ago... I am the common denominator, and look where you all are now, right? I'm just saying. Wait, how does that work? Because you know us all. I know you know other it's, people too, and I know other people that. <laughs> right, but I didn't focus any of my goodwill and karma on those other people. It was all about when I met Bob for the first time with Jimmy and David. Um, I said, "Oh yeah, these—they're the ones. That's who I'm focusing all my attention on." They were little known. No, we never heard of a Duresta. You know, there was a, a drunken Claggett or something like that. And now, look at where they are. I mean, Bob's got what seventy five hundred subscribers. Fills up at you know three. I don't even know where yeah. you're at. And Tim, well, we just put up with you because we have to. Yeah. But I'm just saying, the common denominator with all of your success is me. So go ahead, take advantage, whatever you got to do. You know what this is? This is two degrees of Bill Bacon. That's what this is. <laughs> <laughs> and, for, and for those who don't know who is talking right now, it is Bill Lutz, who is our regular member of this podcast. Oh, that's who it is. Right. I honestly could not figure it out. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, and, we, and we are uh, humbled and uh, honored to have none other than the Bob Claggett with us this week as our guest host. And so welcome, Bob. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Seriously, guys, how cool is that? Bob, thank you so much for, for coming over to the uh, Reclaimed Audio Studios. Thank you for compromising your values and coming onto our show. It's really <laughs> cool of you. I really like the studio. I mean, you know, the couches are really awesome here. Um, not enough food, maybe, but, yeah, you know. It's the vegetarian. <laughs> speaking, speaking of the couches, you really don't want to know where Tim and I found those. Just saying. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Gross. Okay. Uh, this week's episode is number 28. This is May 18th, 2016. Uh, our top Patreon supporters are Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> anyway, That might be the intro. Yeah. Luis Gonzalez, <laughs> Trustin Timber, Sean Petty, and Make, Build, Modify. Gentlemen, what are we working on this week? We should start with Bob. Maybe. Yeah. Guess the Bob. Yeah. Okay, sure. Um, I just finished up a, uh, a toolbox for the back of my Land Cruiser. Mm. So it's kind of a, just a big box that fits in the, you know, behind the back seat. I uh, took out the back two seats, like the third row. So it's a big box. Half of it opens up to the top. There's two drawers that pull out uh, from, the, from the very back when the tailgate's down. And then uh, today on my Twitch stream, I started building a little weird-shaped drop-in toolbox that will go like right behind the wheel well so it kind of fits behind the wheel well next to this big toolbox and it's one that i can pick up and take with me and stuff so that's what i've been up to that's super super cool you've had the land cruiser for how long now uh i got it in september last year all right 
I love those, by the way. I actually Mm -hmm. sold Toyotas for a while, and uh, I'm a big, big fan of Toyota vehicles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a, an older um, Forerunner for a couple years. It was a great truck. Yeah. I had loved it. Had the back window that opened down. You know, like the, which was like an awesome thing because it would, it was like a push button and it went down, but it was also like the most likely thing to break because Mm. it'd be down and water would get in and and then it'd be stuck down or stuck up and I had my double base back there and if it was stuck down or stuck up my double base was in there it was a really bad time to get it out you know other than that I loved that vehicle (laughs) the older older forerunners if that window got stuck and it was up it was almost impossible without breaking that glass to get to it yeah yeah Hmm. so don't get one of those stick with your Land Cruiser I won't (laughs) yeah I love my Cruiser too much good advice Good advice. Do you know what I was making when I sold Toyotas? Nope. A commission. Uh. <laughs> a killing. Okay, go ahead. I'm done. Okay. I'm glad this is a forum for you to crack jokes. This is uh, it's not what we're about, Bill, okay? Um, Tim, what are you working show, on? Bro. Very serious. What am yeah, I working right. on? Um, well, uh, in, the, in, in the interest of full disclosure, we are pre-recording this a little bit. Uh, so this might be outdated by the time it airs, but, uh, I'm working on, uh, I actually, I'm going to guess what I'm working on next week when we do this. And basically what I'm working on next week is the answer to all of our energy problems. And I'm almost done. I have it (laughs) this close. So by the time this podcast airs, I'll have it all figured out. It'll be great. All in one week. That's amazing. Yeah. But seriously, I'm just making a bunch of lamps. (laughs) (laughs) Are they in the shape of cacti? <laughs> no, they're not. I'm just, uh, I thought it'd be fun to put together, because like, lamps are a fun, easy upcycle, recycle project. You know, a lot of people can do relatively inexpensively and with limited tools. And so I thought it'd be fun to do like a little lamp montage. And so I'm, uh, I just found a bunch of, because I have a collection of random things around my shop. And so I just kind of, I'm trying to, in my spare time, I've been doing this for like a week or so now. Just put, make a bunch of lamps. So I'm gonna make this video, kind of like my my sawhorse video, where I had all those like saws that I did different things with. I just have like a half a dozen lamps, and I'm gonna do them all mm-hmm. in like a just quick quick builds, you know. And then do uh, you have a do you have a market to sell them? Like, do people would someone buy those lamps from you? Uh, well, I'm hoping that you're interested in them, Phil. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll definitely take a look. No joke. Um, well, I'm going to a couple of them. I think will sell pretty easily. A couple of them will be more difficult to sell. I'm going okay. to put them in my Etsy store. And when I do stuff like this, I, I put that in my video, too. Like, hey, this stuff's available in my Etsy store. And I've had that happen. I've had a few people buy some of these sort of silly things that I've done from the video. Um, I have uh, one set of lamps that are wall sconces, I guess you could call them, that are made from yeah. uh, VW Bug, uh, the yellow blinkers that would sit on the fenders. So those, oh, cool. someone's going to buy those. I mean, I've made those out of other cars, things before, and they sell, you know. So if I, if I can sell those, then that kind of makes the rest of the lamps okay that I'm wasting my time on, you know. So some of them are not going to sell. I can tell you that right now, too. <laughs> okay. But anyway, send me pictures of what you're making because uh, it might make sense. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, because you guys I'm know sorry, that. I'm sorry. I just found that funny. <laughs> I was being serious. You know that I, that's what we do. I'll forward it off to the product development team at my office. Oh, but, oh, uh, oh you for real? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I, you know, I have one that might actually be a viable product um, that I could show you. We could talk about it off air. Okay, cool. That would be uh, awesome because, you know, 
I have a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of those too. That's so funny. funny you say that. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we have so much in common. <laughs> Thank like you, twins. Bill. <laughs> You're both welcome. So, six degrees of forever in debt. Bill Lutz, where yeah, you up right. to, man? <laughs> well, I don't have a mortgage. I have to rent. So um, I'm not making the world's energy crisis any better. I'm still working on my lizard habitat enclosure, which is um, moving right along, I must say. And then I also, I also, Mr. Sway, am working on what will be a lamp idea. But normally where I, like, you know, I'm totally like, oh, Tim Sway, he's the best thing ever. I have to give this lamp idea uh, some Claggett credit because... A long while ago, Bob made a couple of signs, and I really quite enjoyed that. And I found just recently a, in fact, because we're here, I could actually show you what I found. And I, I was thinking, this is something similar to what Bob Claggett did. So can you see this enclosure type thing? Yeah. Yeah. It's cool, right? Yeah. So what that's going to be... It's going to be, uh, I don't know, it looks like it was a, a lamp of some sort, um, but it's like the background. But I want to do like a, a lighted sign like uh, Bob did, God, that's been a year ago-ish. Oh, gosh. Long time. I don't know. Long yeah, yeah. But I mean, I saw that and that's what came to mind. I was like, okay, I want to do a lighted lutes sign for my garage. I think that would be cool. So that's my lamp, not solving any research or world crisis energy mortgage stuff <laughs> <laughs> you need to solve the mortgage problem yeah, really i mean yeah that. specifically well, I, mine <laughs> so i was thinking there is another way i could do that i could solve that because if i could make money not this maker fair but the next maker fair i could make money renting out space for people to sleep because oh, as genius. of right now yeah. mr claggett check this out i have a uh, luis gonzalez you guys may have heard of him Oh, yeah. He'll be spending yeah. the night at my house. I have uh, Mr. Andy Berkey. Oh, yeah. Heard of him, too, I'm sure. He's <laughs> going to be at my house. Wes Swain. Oh, yeah. We know Wes, right? Yeah. He's going to be at my house as well. And uh, Mr. Bill Livolsi will also be at my house. So I have four people, three of which I've never met, <laughs> staying the night at my house. And my wife is not even asking for a divorce. <laughs> nice. Wow. It's quite the sausage party you're having there. <laughs> <laughs> I um, I was just about ready to say, and Casey's more excited about it than I am. But based upon what you just said, Phil, I'm I'm hoping, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, but anyway, right that's along. exciting. Maker Fair is coming up. Like you said, we're pre, we're proving we're pre-recording this. So, um, yeah, I'll be picking up guys from the airport. And uh, we're going to be, we're all excited about getting together and doing something special with um, what uh, Claggett and Pachuto and, and Duresta. Of course, they're just passing the buck on to, to Inventables, and we're going to go hang out with those guys, and they might show up or something. I don't know. <laughs> but that's what's going on for me. So I made, I made a sleeping space for four people. That's what I did. Go ahead. Nice. Go ahead. Top that. Boom. I, uh, there's no chance. There's no chance I can do that. That opening act kills, <laughs> kills this uh, headliner. I don't know what to tell you, man. Uh, well, what, I mean, I can say that, like, I, you know, I sleep six in my house every single night, if that counts for anything. So. <laughs> Ooh, <yeah. laughs> okay, but but is that six include? So I'm gonna have four. Uh, there'll be six, and two bearded dragons, and three cats, and a ninety pound Rottweiler. Boom! Back at you. <laughs> can't can't fight that. 
Uh, just back off the mic a little, buddy. You're blowing us out of the water. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, oh. back to me for a second. Yeah, Phil, what have um, you been up to, man? <laughs> well, since we recorded two days ago, not much. Um, <laughs> but if I'm going to do the premonition future casting thing, uh, I'm going to finish yeah. the Rubo Bench. Let's let's say that. Yay! I, I gotta, Yay. I'm going to hold you to that. Please don't. That, so. Okay. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to hold that at all. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. I'm gonna I'm gonna sidebar just for one second because we we're never good at getting through our agenda or our topics that we were supposed to. But you know we we have Bob here and um, Bob is uh, it appears that you're in your studio, your music studio, your office, and what would you call that space that you're in? Yeah, it's kind of both of those things. I'll kind of jam just, together. I just I'm looking at the roads back there, man, and I just uh, yeah, I just I just love, and I have to I don't know if I'm kind of tethered, but I don't know if you can see back oh, in the yeah. corner. That yep. road's there. See Which one is it? There? Yeah. The, the only roads, I guess I should say, in the back corner. Um, that was the one I put a picture of it on uh, on Instagram. That was the one that was has a Prince road case with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember seeing that. And, That's and, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's uh, right there. And so I just wanted to just nerd, nerd out on the fact that we both have these <laughs> two roads because they're such cool things. So, yeah. Hey, Phil, didn't we just talk about the inside joke thing and not having our listeners be aware of what's going on? The Fender yeah. Rhodes is an awesome uh, musical piano. It's, it's it is. It is a piano. piece of musical history. And Anybody who's ever played keys knows what a Fender Rhodes is. And you, and you have the full 88 back there. <laughs> you have the full 88 key one, correct? I got your keys right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's an 88 key Mark one. Yeah, and, and you have the, uh, the cabinet underneath it? No. Oh, no, okay. It's I, a, I couldn't yeah. tell. But uh, yeah, no, it's just that you don't see the eighty-eight keys too often either. That's why no. I was really attracted to it. So, so uh, Tim and I are going to start a music podcast right after yeah. this. <laughs> First episode spawning right here. Yeah, you can cut all we this should, out if we, you want. But I just, we I just, should be used to this, Phil, because he did the same thing when Pachuto was here. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I know. Well, but he I mean, he's a monocle because he's basically the Monopoly man. I'm exactly him. I'm sorry. That's I'm right. Sorry. Exactly. I just have a weakness for for instruments. Monopoly. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I'll show you guys can keep talking, and I'll just show him the rest of yeah. my stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is like uh, you know when you're ten and a new friend comes over to your house, and you're like, "Man, you got to check out my room. Yeah. Come upstairs. I see my Legos." <laughs> That's what this is. It's exactly what it is. It's. Oh man, you got to see <laughs> my transformers. <laughs> They're sweet. Oh oh oh. Okay, so this week's topic is something that I think is near and dear to um, to all all makers and just about everybody because I think we're all creative in one shape or another. Anyone who says that they're not creative is just doesn't really understand the definition of the word. And, and David Picciuto actually sort of defined it a little bit loosely this this week on, on the vlog that he put out, and it was that creativity is problem solving, and we all on a daily basis have to problem solve. So this week's topic is the process. What is our process for creating, making, doing, living our lives uh, from if you're reclaiming, what's your process? If you're building, what's your process? That kind of thing. So it's kind of open-ended, but it's also pretty directional in the fact that, uh, that it's, it's, it, there's a lot of commonality between anyone who's doing anything. So uh, you know, let's start off with Tim. Tim, what's your process? Do you, do you start with material and then figure out a project? Do you go the other way around? How do you get started, and how do you end up? Well, in the, you know, it, it depends upon what I'm doing. I have, 
you know, my process is to not have a process, if that makes sense. And, you know, when I'm working for myself, I should say, or when I'm just creating, like, you know, as a quote, I'm making air quotes, artist. Um, you know, it, it, I want to, I'm always trying to approach everything about it differently because that's just my my drive is to always do things differently. Now, I also try to make a living. <laughs> I try to make a living, you know, doing this and making stuff. And so that's a different thing. Someone says like, hey, I want this. Can you make me this? And, um, and so then the process is different, you know, because then the process is, well, there's an idea and a design that's out there. Now, how am I going to replicate or create what this person wants? Sometimes there's a photo where they say, can you make this, but in these dimensions? And sometimes it's just a, I have this space and I need something to do this. Um, and so then it's a matter of getting to you know, like, you know, I always ask customers when I'm, a lot of this is via email. I say, hey, send me a picture of the room it's going to be in. Don't necessarily send me a picture of like what you're envisioning, but send me a picture of the room. And then I can use that as sort of a launch pad for like, well, because, you know, that picture's worth a thousand words. It's, I can see what's on the mantle and I can see the color of the carpet and I can see the way the sunlight comes in the window because like the picture they just took it now and I know it's noon. And so there's like all these things like, oh, this is a very bright open room. They maybe need something that's airy. You know, or this is, um, you know, this is like a man cave, and it's got these dark wooden walls. They want, they want something that's, you know, whiskey and mahogany. You know, um, so uh, you know, a lot of it is the environment, as well. And and that's like, so my process is to just be open to the situation, I guess, mm. if that makes sense. Sure. How, how that's would it great. be different if you had? How would it be different if you had to make thirty some odd metal cacti? Um, well, that was, you know, the process for that was they sent me a picture of a metal cacti that had the light bulbs in it. And it was almost identical to the one I made. I think that the one I made was better than the original one because I made it. <laughs> no, because the original one, the original one, the arms were just straight. And I gave it this sort of cartoony curve. I, I decided to take it a little beyond just cutting straight lines and making them sort of angular. Uh, I mean, they had, you know, radiuses for the, for the curves, obviously. But I gave mine like a, like a flow. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was they, they, they showed me a picture of these, and so then I had to figure out, and I, and I love this, because it's, it's, again, it's creativity, it's problem solving. Even though I'm not designing this from scratch, I'm looking at a picture, and I'm like, how can I, with the equipment I have and the knowledge I have, both of which are very limited, recreate this and make it a, a viable product that will actually function and, you know, not break? Um, so ma manufacturing, so to speak, would be a big part of that process then? Yeah, manufacturing, and, and I, I get into that too, like I don't want to ever be a factory, and I don't want to make multiples like that, but every once in a while I like to push myself to like, well, how's the, how can I make 36 of these? How can I make, you know, how can I turn my one-man show into a factory that is going to actually turn a profit with, with you know, where the, the price point of these things is something that's competable or comparable to, you know, buying something in bulk at a, at a chain store, um, really pushing my abilities to to manufacture and function. So, you know, so the process for that was now, how do I find, and, and again, being the reclaim guy, I'm not just going to go to the box store. I'm not going to call some distributor. Um, how do I find the materials to do this? And of course I did have to go to a box store to get the light bulbs, which bummed me out. But the metal I got from my, my usual guy, the back corner, I remembered seeing he had all this thin gauge sheet metal stacks and stacks of it. And it was off size. It was off cut. So they were, they'd been there for 20 years probably because they were always there. And, you know, but they were like 46 by 48 inches. And so I was able to figure out how I could get two cacti, you know, from, and I made my design based on the size of these pieces of metal. I went to the guy on my way to work and I measured the sheets before I bought them and did my estimate, you know, so that's the process for that. It was about like, 
you know, like I have this very small corner that I live in. What's available to me in this corner? How can I get it? I ended up getting, I hate to say it, but I, I got the light bulbs from Target um, because they were, they were string lights. And um, there's a Target sh uh, a mile down the road from my shop. So I was able to order them, and they actually had the best price. So I was able to order them to the drop ship at the store on a pallet, and I just picked up the pallet in my truck, you know, free delivery. The, you know, this kind of change. I, I was good up until you said Target. Can we move on, Phil? I know. Yeah, sure, no problem. Next. <laughs> Bob, what's your process? Um, <clears throat> well, I, I tend to start with I'm, – I'm not what I would consider an artist for the sake of, like, so, someone who creates art as a thing. Like, I'm much more – uh, focused on function and service and filling a need, things like that. So my process usually starts with a need or something that's lacking in function somehow. And, you know, that just kind of comes as I'm doing stuff around the house. I'll be like, oh, well, that table doesn't really serve its purpose as it should in that space. Like if it had this little thing, it would be better. And so I just like make a note of that. So I end up with this huge list of all these little needs that are not really like dire or anything, but they're things that I can improve on. And so it starts there. And then I start to try to pre-solve the problems in my head. Um, and I don't know if I'm a mutant this way, but I feel like I have a pretty good way of visualizing th all the way through a product or a process beginning to end in my head without ever putting pen to paper or anything. And it's not, like complete, but I can get all the way through it and find a lot of the joinery problems or the mechanical problems or whatever that are going to happen. And so I try to pre-solve a lot of those in my head before I actually try to do any work. And I think that's been a, and I don't get them all. I mean, obviously, but that's an interesting way to, you know, to just like work through stuff before you actually do any work. I don't know. A lot of other people will kind of work in the opposite direction. Anyway, so I try to pre-solve that stuff, and then once I, I have the design down and the mechanics down, then I gather materials, you know, whether it's I look through what I have um, and then get what I need to finish it off. Um, and then I think this is where I, I my process probably diverges a little bit from a lot of people. Um, I start, before I actually start building anything, I start planning the presentation because I realized early on that my product as a business is not the thing that I make. My product is the content that I create content. around the thing that I make. Mm. So I have to start planning the presentation of this whole process, the whole visual process, before I actually do any work. Um, and so I'll, I'll think ahead about like, you know, is this, is this a video that I can make that can be different than the other ones? Or is this just another shop video? It's set in the same setting. It has the same lighting, it ha you know. So I try to figure some of that stuff out before I actually do any cuts or anything. Um, but then, you know, because of that shift, because of the my goal is really to end up with a piece of content, I think maybe my process is a little different from people who are making the thing to sell the thing. Um, and Laura Kampf actually had a really good video this past week where she talked about this exact same thing. And as soon as I was watching the video on my couch and I was like sending her a tweet, like you nailed it. This is, you're totally right. Cause she was saying she drew this kind of line and then it dropped off. And she said, you know, this line, this up high is my happiness level through the process. And where this curve, where this line drops down is when the project is finished, it's ready to sell. And I don't care about it anymore. 
<laughs> and so, you know, she was saying, like, I'm happy in the process. And when this thing is done, I'm not happy anymore. I don't care about it. I want to move on to the next process. And as soon right. as she said that, I was, and she had it drawn out, and I was like, yes, <laughs> you nailed yeah. it. So uh, if you haven't seen that video, you should definitely go watch it. But, um, yeah, so I think, you know, maybe that maybe my process isn't different from other people, but I tend to think about it just because the end goal is probably different than somebody who's trying to sell the thing that they're making, you know. Yeah, you know, it was. It's. In, I was going to ask you that too, because obviously, when you're you're making something, I mean, you're making it to actually exist, right? But I was curious about that, and you 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 hit that, so that was interesting. Um, and and, and Laura's right. <laughs> There's definitely a point. Sometimes it happens like on that final coat too, of like when you're like you got to go over it one more time. You're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I've tried to do some. You know, I'm, you guys all well a couple of you, do production work to a point where you make several of a thing, right? And I've tried to do that before I kind of got YouTube rolling, and I got burnt out so quickly on that particular process, that manufacturing, and I just, I don't know. Like, I thought that's where I was going. I thought that's what I was going to end up doing, and, and it just, I burned out on it really quickly. So so, hmm. so before, you, before you started doing the YouTube, back when you used to have a real job, um, do you find this process is a carryover from that? Did you actually, um, you know, like in your other work, did you, you kind of use the same thing or did you develop this process as um, something needed for your, the business that you have now working for yourself? And I think it was very similar. In software, generally, when you're working for a bigger company at least, generally you don't write software unless there's a need for that software. Right? You don't just like make, hey, I'm going to make a video sharing app or whatever. Um, when you work for a company like Dell, like I did, you make a product because there's a need and they think they can sell it. So I guess the process was pretty similar there where you have to take into consideration all this stuff. You know, you have to think through the what uh, like software requirements there are before you actually write any code. So I guess it was pretty similar. I never really thought about that before. But, hmm. yeah. And as well as documentation, which is huge as part of code writing. So you're exactly. already in that, that mind frame where you're thinking that as you're as you're working you're you're documenting which is kind of your process mm -hmm. now mm. yeah mm. definitely yeah so for me i go the mm. whole other way um interesting well my process is twofold one because <laughs> when i make things like like tim i make things for myself and i make things to sell so the things that i sell my process is pretty iterative so i keep making the same thing over and over again but to a not blow my brains out i kind of make it a little bit different each time, you know, uh, and it's also based on the material. Since I'm wor working with Reclaimed, I, I sort of have to be a little creative sometimes about how I use it. But, you know, like, as long as the, the object looks more or less like what's in the, in the picture, I'm kind of sort of free to do it however I want. If I want to use uh, dados or if I want to use rabbit joints or if I want to use miters, like, nobody really cares and nobody really knows. So I get to play around with all those different techniques, and, and I get to make it better and better and better the more and more I make them. So that's, that's my iterative process for the things that I sell. But the things that I make for me or for my family or, you know, whatever for the house, I will just start, excuse me, I'll just start building. And, uh, and however it ends up, you know, if I hate it, then I'll make it again. But for the most part, uh, that sort of on-the-fly problem-solving is the thing that really excites me the most. I love, like, this thing that I'm, you guys can't see it. Maybe I'll point the camera down, but... You guys have seen this before, this like uh, laptop desk that I just sort of yeah. built because I needed a surface to, to work and, and eat off of, I guess, when we're watching TV. But 
this is this is what I do now in the basement. I don't use the desk in the office upstairs because my wife keeps it super cluttered. Don't tell her I said that. Uh, so I come in the basement and I have this whole setup on this little laptop desk and I built this in I don't know like an hour or something and I'm like I love it. So, but it could have gone the other way and I could have hated it. But that's my process. I go out there and I build until I I'm happy with it. Those are my favorite ones too, where you knock it out in an hour and it's awesome yeah. and it does the job. I love that. <laughs> but I, I posted you- it on Instagram and I have people from from work who follow me on there. And, uh, and I have like three orders for them and I'm like, uh, kind of just made this for me, but it's cool because, (laughs) no, but it's interesting because they're like, Oh, can you make it so that, um, so the top is adjustable and, you know, with like, um, I don't know, I guess tightening wheels or, you know, knobs so that you could unclamp it and then put it at an angle, maybe put a lip at the bottom. So most like, like a teeny tiny drafting table. They're like, Oh Mm. yeah, I should have thought of that. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So. There's some fun stuff there too. You know, I don't, I don't want to trample before Bill gets a chance, but um, that's one of the things. When I started my business, uh, you know, I was making stuff and putting it on Etsy to sell, basically. And then I started making stuff where people would ask me to make something for them. And at first, I didn't really want to do that because, like, I liked my process of like where I would just like root through the garbage and I find some stuff and I'd find some funky thing to do with it and you know sell it for a hundred bucks. Um, but then I realized that when people have needs, it would force me to kind of like, uh, we were talking about Legos earlier about making stuff that's not expected that you wouldn't normally think of. When people had needs like that, it would make me change my process and think, well, now how do I solve this problem this person has? How do I create this thing? And now I've really come to like that, that I, I almost have a hard time. I mean, I have a list of things I want to make on my own, but I'm kind of like, ah, whatever. It's like, what does someone else need made that I haven't thought of yet? You know? Hmm. And that's sort of what you're seeing with the with the desk, like people having these others needs. Yeah, for sure. That you didn't no, definitely. think of. You know, it's, well, it's she, exciting. She also wanted, uh, you know, so that it could slide, so that it's height adjustable, for example, because, you know, maybe they would use it with the couch or whatever. And or I'm like, chair, oh, this yeah. thing, yeah. it takes on a whole new life. Kind of like that uh, that chair that that table that Matthias made. Have you seen that? Where he makes it height adjustable and it pulls and it's on rollerblade wheels and it slides into the couch and. Anyways, so mine is a tiny version of that. But no, I haven't seen that. Yeah, he's done two or three videos awesome. on it. It's really cool. I, man, I watch that guy's stuff like all day long. He's awesome. But uh, just the mechanics that he comes up with, I would mm. never think of. And, and then you see him do it, and you're like, duh, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so, sorry. So d- Bill, hey, what's your you- process? Well, before I go that, I'm, I'm curious because you guys, you guys are all dads. And do you guys find that your processes will change at all? based upon constrictions for time when it comes to the family. And I know all three of you have set time aside to be in the shop, but there are times when you're in the shop and or we're starting a podcast and your baby monitor is going crazy. Um, but does that change your process to where you feel a little bit rushed or a little bit hurried? Sure, definitely. As mm-hmm. much as I want to set aside time, you know, I got to carve it out of, you know, there's only a certain amount of time during the week and, you know, I got I to gotta carve it out. So I'll, I guess I'll cut corners where I have to. If it's something for me, I'll cut corners. Something for a customer... I'll just stay up later and finish it. But yeah, for sure you feel those time constraints and that mm. pressure. I do anyways. I can't speak for you guys. And uh, Well, I know, Phil, I mean, your kids are a little younger, but Bob, I'm sure you have, uh, and I'm making air quotes, help, you know, all the time on some of these projects. And, and that does play a, a, a big role in the process. <laughs> well, actually, you know, I, I don't have as much help, air quotes, as you would expect. <laughs> Um, because I try really hard to keep my work day at a normal work day because I need to have that family time. 
Yeah. Um, maybe this is like a whole nother conversation, but, um, and so I try to stop at like five thirty. So my kids, you know, get home from school. They're here for an hour or so before I stop. And then I go back to work after they go to bed, of course, like I have a lot to do. But, um, so when I'm actually doing work in the shop, they're not really around too much. They're usually at school. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. My, my shop is actually not on the premises. So, um, hmm. I, I bring my son there sometimes cause we, you know, we have our video series obviously. And then, uh, and then sometimes it's just whatever need that comes up. But, uh, but I, I was kind of thinking like, you know, when I have like, like for me, yard work, which is like my least favorite thing. And, uh, and you know, and Vance is always excited to help. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh God, you know, it's just like, oh great. Now this, this two hours worth of yard work I have to do has become a four, you know, but, yeah. but, uh, you know, but it's, it's, and you have to get that, get into that mode though. Of like, all right, it's not about whether the grass gets cut and that bush gets trimmed today. It's about the time that right. I'm spending with him, you know, yep. to, to, re, you know, it's that balance between actually accomplishing something and, and living your life. You know, that's the process. Yeah. You see, you know, and that's that's Deep. the weird thing is I've I've found that the process doesn't get interrupted or changed due to the bearded dragons or the cats <laughs> or the dog. I'm just saying. That's how do you do it, man? How do you do it? <laughs> it's well, it's time management, boys. It's time management. I mean, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I I love hearing people without children say time management. I know. Yeah. It's adorable. I mean, but, but any any process you have is it can vary. I mean, if you have a thing and you want to create something to use another thing. Oh wait, wait, I'm sorry, I was going all claggit. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> hey now. <laughs> actually, you know what? I, I have to say, Bob, I counted and you only said thing four times when you were telling us about your process. Okay. <laughs> and uh, there will be a, there will be a reclaimed that. audio button for anybody that can prove me wrong uh, who listens to this podcast. Just let us know. Claggett said it five times or he said it three times. I'm saying four because I marked them off. Anyway. <laughs> Bob, Bob, you count how many times he says the word utilize and then you'll be even Steven. <laughs> or, or, or bearded dragons. All right. That's or bearded God. dragons, or, yeah. Yeah, that's the new utilize. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, all right, seriously, one, one, one thing I find is very much like you, Bob, um, I tend to, when I have something I'm going to have to build, whether it's for somebody or for myself, I will, over and over again, I will put this thing together and I will take it apart in my head. And that could go on for a week. I mean, while I'm at work, I will sit down, I'm thinking, okay, I got it. And as I do that, I literally will find mistakes in that process and be able to correct it while I'm thinking about it. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do this, going to do that. And then after a while, it's like, oh, wait, you can't do that if you, you know. I mean, so building it, taking it apart, putting it back together before I ever even think about touching the tools is, a, is the same thing I do. And I've, I've done that forever. I can't draw for nothing. So other than writing down measurements, um, that doesn't help my process at all. But the, but the actual thinking about it beforehand does. And then like Tim, uh, it just depends upon what, what I'm doing and, and who I'm doing it for. Because the process, I think, for all of us changes a little bit regardless of what, what you're making. If you're, if you're doing production work, again, it's a different set of priorities you have to have. If you're making something artistic in quotes uh, for yourself or for your wife who's been yelling at you to make a shoe rack for some time, um, <laughs> that process is different. And the pressure is different. Or if you're doing something that's for a need basis, again, you see something in your house that, like Bob said, you have a coffee table that doesn't really 
it could be better for the space it's in and mm-hmm. occupying and the needs you feel. So processes, I think, are different for everybody, but they're all basically the same. We have to find, when it comes to creating or building, you have to find the need for it. You have to find a way to utilize your time. You have to find a way to make it somewhat accessible, right? And you have to find the bearded dragon's a new home, which is why I'm using that process to make their new habitat. So my process for that was thinking how the bearded dragons might grow because they're going to get bigger. I'm, I'm building this thing knowing that they're going to get bigger. All right, I'm trying to hold a straight face. Yeah, I know. Gambling. What are you doing? <laughs> are we playing the Super Troopers meow game? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> Come on, meow. How about we don't do that? All right. I love it. Well, you know, I, th- I think that most makers could say that the process begins with bearded dragons. <laughs> Who wouldn't say it? bearded dragons are where the bearded dragons bearded dragon? So <laughs> bearded dragon, bearded dragons. <laughs> um, but yeah, there will be you... no buttons for anybody counting bearded dragons. By the way, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's funny uh, that we're talking about this. I don't know if you did this on purpose, but um, at Maker Fair. Uh, me and Jimmy and David are doing a, a talk on the process. Did oh, you, you know? really? Yeah. No, we did, did not. We did not know that. Yeah. And now you have to give us credit for that. So. And if <laughs> yeah. you need any help, I will be there in the audience. You just call me. I'm up on stage, okay. bearded dragons, ready to go. That'll be my safe <laughs> word. If I get nervous, I'll just go, bearded dragons. And then Luke's going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Very Run to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Too funny. So, have, Bob, have you started working on the process by which you're going to come up with this speech? No, we'll make it up as we go. <laughs> you know, that was successful last year, actually. Yeah. That's, that's how they utilize. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's how we beard the dragon. Let, that's right. <laughs> Let's start with um, what we're watching these days. Let's see. Who should go first? Bill, who are you watching these days? All right. Well, you know. I want, first, I want to give a, a couple of shout-outs because having Mr. Claggett on set with us, um, Bob's been utilizing Twitch lately, Bearded yeah. Dragon. Um, <laughs> uh, but you know who also is doing that is Izzy, and um, he's got to love Izzy, and he's been on our show too. Um, both of you guys, I never thought I would be interested in Twitch in any way, shape, or form, um, but started watching Izzy. I'm trying to figure out a time at work where I can catch you, Bob, because you always do it right in the middle of my day at work. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't change your life for me. It's okay. Okay. Uh, but for Bill, it would be more convenient if you did it at 4.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be, but, yes. you know, four, yeah. five, six. Hold on. Let me figure this out. Uh, that's 7.30 Bob time? No, 6.30 Bob time. Yeah. Right in anyway. the middle of family time, which, you know. That's, that's irrelevant. Don't worry about your kids. You know, Whatever. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I want to give a shout out to Izzy and uh, also again, real quick, Luis, Bill, Lavolsi, Andy Berkey, Wes Swain, uh, Slumber Party, My House, make it happen. And then um, uh, I, I was actually doing research for something that another project I'm coming up with, and I remembered I remembered a, a video that I saw a while back. And I liked it a lot, and I'm hoping that this is fun. And let's see if, if any particular person on this panel knows what I'm talking about. Her music comes from her head to my hands. I play oh, the notes she cannot understand. I am her soundtrack. Oh, dude, you know how 
freaky weird that is that you just brought that up today of all days. No, I but I'm glad to hear about this. Go ahead. That this that song, which is off my silly record, and I have no idea what, because I just blacked out as soon as I started saying those lyrics, um, because I thought about them today. The, that song was written based on a recording session I did when I was still getting hired out to, you know, play bass. This is a long time ago, and um, and I, I I did this session with this producer, and there's this, and he kept referring to the the songwriter that I was doing the work for as the girl. And it's just this like whole weird thing. And then at the end of the day, she's sitting on the couch and she's like counting out all this her money to pay me to do it. And that was what that song was written about. How like this weird feeling about how she couldn't afford this song and in this whole like machismo world. And um and like you know I, I was just imagining her and all her horrible jobs she had to do to pay me to play bass for the song that's probably never gonna go anywhere. And that's what that whole song was about. And I haven't talked to that producer in nine years. And he actually emailed me and, or texted me and called me today to ask me if I could do a gig. Oh, that is weird. Crazy. Today, like while I was working on that Woody car. And, uh, and wow. I, just, I just wrote back as I go, I'm retired. Sorry. <laughs> wow. But, but all right. So let's get back to me. <clears throat> Why that was important to me, Tim, is because uh, I noticed some things. I had watched it before, and I didn't hear the soundtrack as I mute a lot of your stuff because I just <laughs> want to see what you do. But so today, for the first time, I heard the soundtrack, but I also noticed some things I hadn't noticed before. Where you're Mr. Big Time, don't show labels and everything. You know, in that video, your darkening stain that you made out of the, the vinegar and the steel wool was in a jar that said, you know, magic juice. Mm -hmm. But the polycrylic was Minwax right there, shown on camera. And that surprised me, knowing you now that that, that slipped through. That was an early video. That's well, okay, like, that's fine. You, you can make you all the excuses you want. It's, it's, I made that like four years ago. You made it three years ago, and I watched it a long time ago, but I know you now, and that's why it stood out. <laughs> so but also, I remember what really turned me on about that video is because in the opening scene, you're backing up in your truck, and when you actually see the, 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 your truck in that video, the, the very opening scene, it looks mm. badass. It looks clean, no dents, like it's a restored truck. And then again, I know you now. I've seen your truck a little bit better. Everybody has. And it's not the restored truck. It's more like that Woody you're doing. Anyway, just thought I'd throw Tim Sway, one pallet. Watch that video, folks. That's one of my, one of my uh, what I'm watching today. But actually, really? the Green Workbench is the channel with the link that I've been watching lately. And he does uh, some reclaimed stuff, the dining table, he makes lamps. And I, I found him because I was uh, researching Bob. and or I, I mean, based on Bob's uh, lamp thing I was telling you guys earlier, um, that popped up. But uh, he's got some other stuff, uh, vintage furniture redos. He even makes like beard oil and like uh, cutting boards, a flag case, all kinds of weird stuff. So... The Green Workbench, he's got a few thousand subscribers. Everybody check it out. If you like it, give him some love. Um, yeah, and that's, that's all. That's all I got. Okay. Bob, what about you? Who are you watching? Um, I don't really typically watch a lot of new stuff. I don't have a lot of time to watch new things. Um, but somebody sent me this link to this kid, and I, can't, I wish I could remember who sent it to me. I would give them credit. But this kid's name, or the channel name, is Kim Henriksen. And the video is how to make a future Back to the Future go-kart, <clears throat> which I thought, oh, it's go-kart, no big deal. And I watched this thing, and it's a go-kart with four wheels on the outside, kids going down the street, and then he pulls like this lever in the middle of the car, and the wheels lift up sideways and go flat <laughs> like the car, and it's still rolling down the hill. And I was like, whoa, okay, what is that? <laughs> so, I, you know, the rest of the video, it shows this kid who's probably... I don't know, maybe 12, maybe, 
making this thing, and he's talking about every process. He's talking about what the pieces are and how they were cut. And it's mostly an assembly video, so I don't know if like he did the work or if his parents did the work or whatever. But it was pretty cool. Like I was impressed with this kid. Just you know his presentation and 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 like what he ended up with. Pretty awesome. So go check him out. That, just as soon as you said that, I just like I, I got excited to see it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm like I yep. think I know how it's made, but I want to you know. Yeah, it's simpler and more clever than you think. Probably that's my favorite kind of build. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of describes me. <laughs> Simpler, <Yes>. more clever. <laughs> How about you, Phil? <laughs> I'm. Uh, I I caught hold of this channel called Make It Extreme. Yeah. And uh, have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So it's this cool channel, and they take all kinds of tools, and then they turn them into all kinds of other different kinds of tools. Or uh, one that I saw that was cool, and this one might relate to you, Bob, is that um, they took like a slab, and then they hollowed it out, and then they turned it into an arcade game stick. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. the one that oh. really caught my eye was they turned an angle grinder into a weed whacker, and they completely <laughs> fabricated everything from scratch, all the metal, the guard, the whole nine yards, the only thing that's like factory is the grinder itself. They, so, they, uh, they also made a leaf blower out of an angle grinder yes. and a belt sander. Yeah, that was cool correctly. too. I saw that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> These kinds well. of channels are those, uh, those rabbit holes where you're just like, oh, well, there goes the next four hours. But uh, super, super <laughs> cool stuff. Just actually interesting, uh, if, if we're talking about the process, watching this guy or whomever it is, I don't even know. They don't speak, so... They might not even be English, but... Uh, I think they're Russian. Yeah, it might be. I don't know. I saw dark hands. But uh, very interesting process by which all this stuff <laughs> Russians was Russians at night? <laughs> yes. What does that mean? I'm going to try to insert well, some cricket dark, noises dark there. Hands. <laughs> That's not what that means. <laughs> did everyone talk about what they're watching? Tim, did you say yours? Yeah, um, I think so. You, you can skip me if you want, but I didn't go yet. Yeah, I didn't think so. Okay, go ahead. But uh, I talked I, about you with what I was watching, so we don't really need to yeah. hear from you. That oh, was right. Awkward, okay, by the way. next. That was awkward. You're talking really? about stuff that happened like a long time ago. You're still watching. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, hold on a second. You made that one in November of 2013. Don't you remember? You just cut your <laughs> finger on that thing that time? Bob, you looking for a president of your fan club? I know a guy who's real good. <laughs> All right. Anyways, I, I wanted to mention uh, the Carter Wilson Workshop. And um, it's actually, I think it's Bradley is the guy's name. Because it always says Carter Wilson Workshop with Bradley Boggs is what his one handle is. But the YouTube channel is called the Carter Wilson Workshop. And there's a link below. And um, it's, a, it's a young channel. But um, he he's a really very creative and, and um, hardworking guy and uh, his most recent video he just put up last week or two weeks ago I guess when this airs is um, about his adventures in power carving and he um, he just recently got married congratulations and he made um, a box you know for the wedding and he power carved with um, some pretty high-tech stuff like some festool tools and whatnot and he, and he talks about how he did it but he 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 didn't film that. He filmed. Uh, he kind of recreated the top and how he did it. And it was just sort of, uh, you know, you look at 
at you know pieces of wood they tend to be very square and angular and um a lot of us tend to make things you know using that but i you know got started in making making guitars believe it or not and you know and everything was not straight and then you get kind of back into like table saws and straight lines and and to just watch someone go back into the making curves again and and not caring about flat because so much of woodworking is flat you know it's just a lot of fun to see that um and he did a really great job of of showing how to do that with very expensive tools, but that does translate into very uh, accessible and affordable tools as well, what he was doing. So that's my recommendation. Cool. Check very that cool. Out. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's see here. Our channels uh, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Phil Pinsky, and on YouTube, I am uh, Jake and Emmy's dad. Bob, you want to plug your stuff? He's uh, a young channel. Bob's new channel. Yeah, I've got a, a YouTube channel. Um, there's a couple yeah. videos on it you guys might be interested in. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> all my stuff is I like to make stuff on all the networks. Uh, the only thing is Twitter, there's only one F because they have a character limit. So, but, and then everything oh, is... Stoof. Yeah. <laughs> I like to make stuff.com. So. Awesome. Yeah. Tim? Yeah, it's uh, Tim Sway, pretty much everywhere you go. Maybe an underscore, maybe not. Uh, I'm plugging my YouTube channel right now because I'm trying to make that a bigger part of what I do. So it's YouTube backslash Tim Sway. Can I say real quick, good for that, Tim. I'm glad. Hey, thanks, man. Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm glad that you're making that like a push. You're extremely talented. You know, it's, I'm not, not going to gush on you, but you're extremely talented, and I think you're finally going after a thing that's going to like help you do more of what you want to do. I'm I'm just well, glad to see it happen. So thanks, man. That's that's been the big revelation in my process is that you know I've I've been very focused on work because I want my stuff. dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even, right? I, I want. I know. I know. It's all day. I, I, I want. I want what I make to actually have a purpose, you know. And 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 it's just it's taking me a long time because I'm slow and stubborn to realize that maybe the purpose isn't necessarily what I'm making. And it's guys like you, Bob, and and Jimmy, and well, Jimmy, he's more like me though. Most of the stuff he makes actually has a purpose too. But but uh, you know, it's uh, as being part of this community for a while now, I'm kind of seeing that maybe the purpose isn't the stuff, but but the, the, the process and the video and the, and the message. And so I, I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's my goal for this year is to, to make a push at that and, uh, and try to light some fires and some other people. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. Bill, uh, why don't you go ahead and plug yourself? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> me, me, me. <clears throat> so what I just heard Tim say was, it was kind of cute. It was like, you know, my stuff has a purpose, and, and well, guys like you, Bob, and Jimmy. Well, Jimmy's stuff has a purpose too, meaning that Bob, you have no purpose. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, no, that, it's okay. It's my turn now. No, hey, uh, that, 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 I mean that like there's like a customer paying you to do it. You know what I mean? Like a lot of Jimmy's stuff is getting. He's making it because there's a customer. Oh yeah, Bob do doesn't it. do anything for commission work for Stop friends. Stop letting and stuff. him suck you no, in. No, no, no I know. Why do I let him do this? He, he no, walked into the room, threw a grenade, and walked out. That's what Bill just did. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's really good at that. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that a lot of a lot of what Bob does is very close and near and dear to all of our hearts because he uses a lot of pallets and reclaimed and recycled, upcycled materials, and he shows how easy that is to make stuff and utilize those types of materials um, and make amazing videos. And, and uh, I can say safely, we've all been a big fan for quite a while. At least I have. Oh, oh no, here, sure. here, definitely. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Like anyway, I got. Um, I'm, 
No, go ahead. What is it with you guys? Okay, William Lutz, YouTube and Facebook. That's all we need to know. And I guess I'm on the podcast again next week because Bob's Maybe. busy, thank God. Uh, I don't <laughs> know. Bob ain't taking my place. Oh, no, no. I'm free next week. We, we good for next week? Oh, cool, man. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Anyways, later, Lutz. I will call you. Um, yeah. Phil, Phil was like, all your Wednesday nights, just leave them open from here on out. And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I, because I walked right into that. Yeah, you sure did. Because we're did. mean to Tim before. Hey, um, you two, um, uh, Tim and Phil, I, I, don't be jealous, but I will be actually seeing Bob in, in not too distant future, and I'm excited about that. Maker Fair is going to be amazing. There's a lot of people that are going to be showing up that actually um, care about stuff. But it'll be exciting to see everybody there, so um, I'm, I'm excited about that. And that's, I guess I'll stop screwing around. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. So uh, contact us for show topics, suggestions, comments, anything you like. Actually, we've been getting a lot of emails recently. It's been pretty cool. Uh, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, please re- leave a review. I do read them and the good ones I forward on to the boys. So we really appreciate that. It helps us get uh, this podcast out to more people. And that's only, that's only good for everybody. Uh, Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. Every little bit helps. Uh, please get out there and, uh, and support us to keep us uh, getting really great uh, guests like uh, Mr. Claggett here. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got. You could also support the Making It podcast as well. And that's also on Patreon. And you could also, I would highly recommend, I'm sure you already do listen to the Making It podcast if you don't, I don't know what's wrong with you if you just listen to us. You know, one thing I was going to say I didn't say is um, thank you, Bob, Dave, and Jimmy, because I think your podcast was a huge inspiration for us getting this one going. Hmm. Yeah. No, it's been, uh, it's been amazing getting to meet you and to speak with you and to, and to get to know your process. So thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. You're here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Blah, blah, blah. Are we done? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. <laughs> That'd be good. Bye, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks.